This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we have three favors right at the beginning to ask you. First, we want you to submit a question. The better the question, the better the podcast. So it's really up to you to make this podcast as great as it can possibly be. So if we're boring, it's our listeners' fault. <laughs> it's our listeners' fault. <laughs> oh, we're just kidding, listeners. We're not really putting yeah. it back on you. I'm pretty amazing if you ask the right questions. <laughs> <laughs> so how can they do that, Michael? How can they submit a question? Oh, goodness. You can go to our app, Village Church of Bartlett app. And uh, on that app is the opportunity to down- or submit a question, download the podcast, um, hear basically everything else from the village church that we put out and uh, number two option is go to our website mm-hmm. vcob.org right on the homepage. there's a button that says submit a question and uh, you can do that and all the questions if you really want can be done anonymously yes so uh, ask the harder questions and if you don't want us to know who you are just do it anonymously yeah that'll, that'll work And then second, be sure that you're sharing these podcasts with friends, family members, and others that need to hear it. Third, what do we want them to do, Michael? Rate and review. Five stars, please. All right. So here's our question for today. How much should believers be concerned with church liturgy? You know, every church has got liturgy to some extent. So how much should believers really be concerned about their church's liturgy? So maybe we better explain what liturgy is. Yes. So let us define liturgy. Let me just break it down. Liturgy is the way we do things. Yeah. Um, The way in which a church practices their form of service. So there's two kinds of liturgy. We'll say high church liturgy and low church. High church would be Roman Catholic, Mm. Orthodox, Presbyterian, um, some Methodists. Um, And it's very formal. Um, The dress code, the order, everything is very, very, very orderly Mm -hmm. and um, that's just called high church. Now, everybody has a liturgy. Everybody has a way of doing that's things. That's right. And um, liturgy is mostly a Christian term that's reserved just to say, here's how we order our worship services. So when we talk about liturgy, we're, we're mostly, I want to talk about, we'll just say Western churches in mm-hmm. America. That's where we're at. So that's what we'll do. Okay. So um, Village Church has a liturgy. We, we do. Have a way. We have a, a template, if you will. That's another maybe synonym, uh, secular synonym for the yes. word liturgy, a template of how we do um, service. And uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about Village. We um, So when we go back and we look at all of the things in scripture that make corporate worship, corporate worship in America, the typical way Sunday services are done um, do not accomplish all of that. So some of the main things, teaching, eating, music, fellowship, and prayer. Some, eating, eating. Wow, I know, okay. right? Yep. Yeah. And so like uh, eating, what's interesting is is meals would be had, you know, and communion, if you will, the mm-hmm. sacraments would That's happen right. around a meal. And, and uh, so here's what we do. We have Sunday worship where there's always food, uh, coffee, of course, because we're drug addicts. <laughs> um, and then there is teaching and music and fellowship. And there's a little bit of corporate prayer, right? Yeah. Um, but then uh, we have community groups. And so really to get full orbed worship, all the biblical values, um, you have to go to a Sunday morning worship service and community groups. And community groups. Community groups is where we really focus on prayer, eating, fellowship, and then we go deeper into the teaching uh, uh, that happened on Sunday morning. And so for us, we really feel like to get the full orb of corporate Christian worship that God wants, the way the American church does it doesn't really accomplish that. Mm -hmm. It gives too many people the opportunity 
just to be a spectator. And corporate worship is supposed to be very interactive and very, right. very engaging. So I want to go back in time as we talk about liturgy. And I, I want to talk about high church because really the question is about high church. Okay. And uh, so I want to go back in time to the first century. There were no robes, like special pastor robes. You know? <laughs> um, there were no sit up, stand down or sit up. Sit, what's the word I'm looking for? Kneel. Kneel, whatever. Yeah. You know, there weren't pews yeah. or right. anything like that. Um, there were not icons, um, speaking from an Orthodox perspective. No candles, and, no uh, incense. <clears throat> yeah. It was in a home and it was a meal. It was intimate. It was like family. Right. And so um, as time goes on, high church liturgy began to develop. Mm -hmm. And I, I get it. I, I just want to I want to make sure all of my high church buddies hear this. The Apostle Paul would have laughed hysterically if he saw third or fourth century high church liturgy. Mm -hmm. I think he would have said, what? Yeah, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Why are you wearing a robe? Yeah. You're all priests. You're all like... Okay, you're you're an elder. I get it. Okay, cool. You're you're a pastor. Sweet. Like, then then sit down at the at the family right. meal with your spiritual brothers and sisters and greet them with a holy kiss. Not some formal weird thing that's like mm -hmm. oh, in the name of the Father. You know, like so. I get it. Right. I, I understand. I'm I'm ticking off all my high high church liturgy buddies here, and I'm gonna give you some benefit of the doubt here in a minute too. So it's not all bad. I've got criticisms for everybody all the time. Just part of being <laughs> me, I guess. But um, but I just want to I just want to say, litur high church liturgy. I would even say the way we in America do low church liturgy is not how the first century worshipped. No. Nor do I think it was the biblical intention. It doesn't mean it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not the prescription. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the values of high church liturgy, and then we'll talk about warnings of high church liturgy. And uh, I hope that I can challenge everybody here a little bit. So the values. Liturgy trains and teaches okay it does in the way it's done yeah. um it communicates it teaches specific doctrines even part of the liturgy the way we do things is our holiday season yeah. so high churches um you have christmas and then you have lent and then you have good friday and then you have easter and there's this whole cycle of feasts and mm -hmm. and whatnot and every one of them are teaching regularly about god and the bible and the church and whatnot and so the very rhythm of things keeps very specific doctrines right in front of our face even low church we celebrate christmas and easter right, right. and um, because the incarnation christmas and the resurrection at easter are huge doctrines so uh, again not all liturgy is is bad we, it teaches and it trains um, very specifically um, number two liturgy connects the church from generations to generations and continent to continent yeah and so like if you go to a roman catholic church uh, in america and a roman catholic church in in europe you know what to expect yep Yep. So you're preparing for the next thing in the service. Right. It creates unity. It communicates. It trains. It teaches. It, and then continent to continent. But even generation to generation. Yeah. A um, hundred years ago, even though some things have definitely changed, there's still just this continuity of liturgy that binds us to our past and to our mm -hmm. history, etc. Um, number three, liturgy protects from erraticness and disorder. Um, this is definitely um, plausible. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Um, one of the things Paul is trying to resist is disorderly conduct. God mm -hmm. is a God of disorder, not a God, or God is a God of order, order, not of disorder. And so um, lots of non-denominational churches 
are a little bit more erratic, especially the more charismatic and Pentecostal you get, you start to see a little bit more of the erraticness mm-hmm. there. Um, but also because um, there is no yearly calendar, major doctrines go untaught sometimes for years and years and years and years. On that them. is so true. And so what the liturgy does is it makes sure that all the major, most important things are regularly taught and uh, communicated and it protects from that disorder. And uh, I will say this, liturgy seems to be valued in heaven around the throne. There is order around the throne Mm -hmm. of of Jesus Christ. Um, It's not some random thing where people are all going around all over crazy. It's very orderly. In God's presence in heaven, things are orderly. And we see that throughout scripture. Right. So uh, I am not generally boohoo on liturgy. I am not a fan. Just this is, I'm going to get purely preferential here. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, I don't care if you go to a high church, do it. They love Jesus. They love the gospel. Have at it. Have fun. Um, for me, I have some challenges with it that make me not want to be a part of a high church kind of worship service. So, here are some of my warnings liturgy tends to flatten out emotions. Um, I grew up in a conservative Presbyterian church. I grew up going to Catholic um, church my whole life. I've been a part of- So you of, experienced the high church liturgy. For first 19 years growing up, that's all I really ever experienced. And honestly, coming from the high church, I thought what most non-denominational Protestant churches did was erratic and confusing. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't happy with that either. And probably less respectful to God. Absolutely. But the emotionlessness of it, right? And um, it's, yeah. So I would just say that deeply concerns me, how little emotion, how stoic it was. I grew up in a great church, by the way. I mean, it was an awesome church and a conservative Presbyterian church. And and uh, the gospel was preached. People loved God. But but just the reserve in general was just concerning to me. Um, some people, they're not highly emotional, and so they like it because it's that way. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm emotional. <laughs> you are. Yep. Uh, liturgy often, I would say massively often, more times than not, lacks joy, creativity, and spontaneity. That That's an issue for me. Now, these aren't deal, deal breakers. They're just observations, warnings. Um, some conservative Anglican churches do a better job at this, which I appreciate. Um, number three, liturgy does not, this is a big concern for me. It does not facilitate a family experience. The dominant metaphor is uh, of a family. Mm-hmm. And this is what you saw in the first century. Anytime worship is described, it was not robed out with incense and all this craziness. It was family around a meal, around teaching and fellowship. Um, that's what it was. And I I just get concerned for how uh, formalized um, it, it often feels to me like when I go to people's houses and um, you're eating a meal and you have to just eat everything perfectly in an order <laughs> and there's so many rules and you don't know all the rules and it's like, wow, it somehow steals the soul of a family meal. When you sit down with your family and people are hanging out and laughing and eating and it goes from serious to happy to sad. I've never been a part of a high church liturgy that was joyful. Mm. Uh, I've seen joy in moments, but it just kind of steals this this uh, this family experience. Now, if you grew up in, in a home where like everything was perfectly ordered, there was nothing out of place, and you were like, "Father, may I excuse myself from dinner now?" Like, <laughs> maybe that might feel like a little bit more family experience, but that's not my family. Nor that's is not the, my family either. Nor is it the family I want to raise. So. Liturgy number four, hyper formalizes God. Mm. 
Okay. People are, so here, I'm just going to be straight. People are petrified of intimacy and people who are petrified of intimacy love liturgy because it forces you to keep God out there. Keep God at a distance. He's sacramental. Mm -hmm. He is transcendent. And I hear that. I hear people say this regularly. Liturgy just reminds me that God is, is just so big. And I agree. I don't have an issue with that. Right. But I've also seen a direct connection between people who are afraid of intimacy and their love for high church. Mm -hmm. And uh, high church allows the pastor to do his thing. It allows me to be a little bit more passive. But then again, uh, I also think the megachurch, <clears throat> non-denominational megachurch also um, facilitates this experience as well. But so it hyper-formalizes God. That's, that's a concern for me. God is a, a, sometimes a very grumpy dad that I have to do all things in the right way, you know, and uh, it really moves God from from dad to father. And there mm -hmm. is a difference. There right? is a definite difference. God is my dad. Uh, and uh, a father is stoic. And father is more, I think, in the English vernacular, um, father is much more like um, father, like official. Yes. Dad is much more intimate. Mm -hmm. And uh, at times, liturgy, liturgy forces you to the fatherly side. Number five, liturgy tends. I'm not trying to sweep all high church liturgy. Okay. I'm just saying. Tens. These are all mm -hmm. strong tendencies. It doesn't mean we have to do these. They're warnings. Okay. Liturgy, high church liturgy tends to reiterate old covenant habits. Okay. So in the old covenant worship, you had a priest and they had robes and you had incense and you had yes. formalized sacrifices. Last time I checked, Jesus did away with all of that. Mm -hmm. There That's is right. no priesthood. We are all priests, right? Yes. Um, and Jesus' sacrifice was finished, which is why I think the New Covenant, New Testament worship was just so different. It was so intimate. It was so personal. It was so one-on-one. -on -one. It was so not the Old Covenant worship. Liturgy feels like Old Covenant, old covenant worship spiritualize or sanctify. Yes. And I, I really just Brought see back that into the church. Yeah. Like Jesus came to do away with that and to create a new system of worship. Now, even as I say that low church worship is just high church worship with less robes. <laughs> right. I mean, we have less incense and less whatever, but like, it's still kind of the same principle, which is mm -hmm. why I'm not even satisfied with low church worship, which is why we tell people get into a community group because the combination of, we'll say a Sunday worship experience and a community group is the best that we could probably do to recreate, uh, we'll say first century family worship, you yeah, know, what they experience, what they experience, and how they worship God. Yep. I, I think for new believers, Liturgy, high church liturgy has a strong capacity to communicate untruths about God. It has the ability to teach a lot of facts about God, but the untruth would be God is distant. Mm. I need to say the right words in the right way. God is a father and not a dad. It, it removes this sense of imminence and nearness and, and, and he's my dad. And that's one of my concerns is that um, I want to teach new believers um, through how we worship that God is intimate. God yes. is near. God is safe. He is no longer scary. You're a son. You're, you're a daughter. And uh, just my, my general concern, my warning is that high church can communicate actually just the opposite. And uh, I want to have a great respect and reverence for God. Um, but I relate to God first and foremost as a son to my dad before I am petrified of him. Right. Abba Father. Abba Father. Your I want to relate daddy. to him like Jesus related to him. Mm -hmm. And that is my concern is that the higher the liturgy, um, the less 
easy or communicated that is. So now, do I hate high church or low church? I think they all have the same core issues, but some of them have more warnings that naturally come with them that I'm mm-hmm. concerned about. And every church has its own liturgy. We just have to be careful at Village yes. Church or any church that you go to. Do you understand the liturgy of their worship service? Yep. So my my big desire is that we would be well-rounded. Um, so I don't have an issue with high church. Um, I I personally could not be a part of one could be couldn't be i would prefer not to be a prefer part of prefer yeah. um and uh, even though i grew up in it and it did great good for me um, most of the good that that did for me though was outside of the worship service and in the relationships mm-hmm. with people let me be let me be straight um i, I do want to say to people who um who love low church i want to say to you don't ever lose your reverence and awe of god he is right. holy and righteous don't mess with him and i want to look at people who Love high church and say, don't forget before he is distant, he is transcendent. Before you are to be petrified of him, you are a son or daughter and you have a dad and he loves you. Um, And and I I just want to make sure that both sides get fair warning. I Mm -hmm. prefer low church. It's a preference. As long as the church is preaching the gospel, teaching the word of God, um, and has a high view of discipleship, I'm happy. Um, But preferentially, I'd rather be in the low church. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for your opinions and also for those warnings. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, my friend is a lesbian and a Christian. How should I respond? Mm -hmm.